for he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he will purify the descendants of Levi and refine them like gold and silver until they present offerings to the Lord in righteousness. Please pray with me. Dear Father in heaven, we ask you this morning as we do week by week to be here with us this morning and we trust that you are here with us. May my words be your words and all of our thoughts, your thoughts. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. There's a scene in the movie Fight Club in which Brad Pitt teaches Ed Norton how to make soap. Uh, Before we get into the soap making, though, I want you to know that I thought seriously about not using this illustration. And I wanted you to know that because I want you to know something else. That I read books, I listen to music, I play sports, I'm at least moderately aware of current events. I have deep thoughts. I do all sorts of things besides watch movies. But this week, perhaps... Perhaps, like most weeks, my mind has gone to a film to illustrate a point I want to make. Can you tell this is a cry for help? This is me basically saying, please love me. But I have a problem. And this week, my problem is that this scene from David Fincher's 1999 film is the perfect illustration for what I want to say. I can't not tell you about it. So I'm going to. Please love me. So, Fight Club. Brad Pitt is teaching Edward Norton to make soap. And the why is not important. You don't need to have seen the movie. The what is important. And the what is a chemical called lye. The lye is the key ingredient in soap, a strongly alkaline solution capable of producing a brutal burn on the skin. Now in the scene, the two men have all the soap-making ingredients laid out on the table between them, and Brad Pitt asks Ed Norton to hold out his hand. And after Norton holds out his hand, Brad Pitt shakes lye onto it. It'll hurt more than you've ever been burned, he says, and you will have a scar. And Norton's hand immediately begins to burn horribly. It's bubbling and smoking. He's screaming. He's thrashing around, trying to get the lie off of his skin. It's a shocking and terrifying scene in the movie. It's, it's actually hard to watch. And it's about as far removed from our natural image of cleaning with soap as it could possibly be. But listen to me. This is the more accurate image of cleaning with soap. When we think of soap, we naturally think of something more gentle, maybe like using Dawn to clean oil-covered pelicans. But that's not clean enough, and it's certainly not the kind of clean that God is looking for. When clean is described by the prophet Malachi, it's the fight club image of burning and bubbling skin that we ought to have in our minds once we read about God as a refiner's fire 
and a fuller's soap. Here's how Malachi describes him. For he is like a refiner's fire, and like fuller's soap, he will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he will purify the descendants of Levi and refine them like gold and silver until they present offerings to the Lord in righteousness. It's easy to forget about the caustic nature of soap. For it to work, for it to clean, it must include lye, this horribly acerbic chemical. And the refiner's fire? Ask anyone who's ever been burned. The heat in the oil refinery process reaches 380 degrees Celsius. That's 716 degrees Fahrenheit. The true nature of a refiner's fire can be easily lost in the smooth tones of a contemporary praise chorus. In fact, I sang one such song dozens of times as a younger person asking God to please come and bring his refining fire into my life. Do you know what I wasn't thinking of as I sang that song? I wasn't thinking of 716 degrees Fahrenheit. I wasn't thinking of lie, bubbling and smoking. I wasn't thinking of it'll hurt more than you've ever been burned and you will have a scar. But that, that is what a refiner's fire is actually like. That is what goes into the fuller's soap. It's not wonderful, it's terrible. The refiner's fire is the bad news of Christianity. To make you holy, God must burn away your sin. To redeem you, he must first destroy you. Now, if you think that's too heavy, do up your seatbelt because we're just getting started. Paul makes no bones about this destructive work of God in his letter to the Romans. I was once alive apart from the law, he says. But when the commandment came, sin came alive and I died. That's Romans 7 verse Nine, Paul says that the commandment came and he died. No room for ambiguity there. Holy God met unholy man and unholy man died. And listen to what Malachi says before he describes God as a refiner's fire and a fuller's soap. He says, see, I am sending my messenger to prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Indeed, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. So far, so good for Advent, right? The messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Indeed, he is coming. Yay! But then things take a dark turn, just like Paul in Romans 7. Here's what Malachi says. But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand 
when he appears. Malachi knows that the advent, the arrival of an almighty God is not necessarily good news. And it's certainly not good news for sinful humans, not for those of us who aren't clean, who have rough edges, who need to be refined. Because God is not in the human improvement business. He's in the resurrection business. He doesn't burnish your edges a little bit and soak the dirt out from behind your ears. He burns you to the ground, making it impossible for you to claim that you could ever rescue yourself. God is an idol destroyer. And he knows that your most beloved idol is your own self-sufficiency. How could God be so cruel? I thought God loved me just the way I am. This whole refining fire and fuller soap stuff seems a bit over the top, doesn't it? This idol destroying God more readily inspires fear than worship. But Proverbs 9.10 says that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. When both Peter and Isaiah come into the presence of Almighty God, Peter on the beach after a very strange fishing expedition, and Isaiah in a vision of the heavenly throne room, both men are afraid. Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, begs Peter. Woe is me, moans Isaiah. I am a man of unclean lips. They both know about the refiner's fire and the fuller's soap. And neither man wants any part of it. They're terrified. But that's not the end of their story. Though they begin in fear, neither man's experience of Almighty God ends there. And it doesn't end there for you either. As Edward Norton is suffering the pain of the chemical burn on his hand, he looks up at Brad Pitt with tears in his eyes and he says, you don't know how this feels. And then something incredible happens. Brad Pitt calmly holds up his own hand, revealing an identical scar. He knows exactly how it feels. When we fear that an altercation with an almighty God will leave us wounded, crushed, and scarred, as Brad Pitt warns, it will hurt worse than you've ever been burned, and it will leave a scar. We can know one thing with absolute certainty. Jesus has borne our scars. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, 
smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. That's Isaiah 53, verses 3 to 5. And it's Jesus saying, I have been there with you. I have been there for you. The messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Indeed, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? No one. Not Peter, not Isaiah, not you, not me. But Jesus can. And Jesus did. He withstood the refiner's fire and the fuller's soap and gave his cleanliness to us, to you. Almighty God's advent is terrible news for the unclean. It will hurt more than you've ever been burned, and you will have a scar. Actually, it's worse than that. You will die. Except for the intervention of your Savior, Jesus Christ. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. This life hurts worse than you've ever been burned. And it leaves scars. We all feel these scars. But Jesus Christ now bears them for us, lifting up his scarred hands, revealing his scarred side, and interceding on our behalf. In Advent, we await the one who came to intercede, to live, to die, and to rise again saying, I did this for you. Amen.